May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. The story is told of a woman who was on an airplane and she was reading her Bible and the man sitting in the seat next to her gave a little chuckle and he asked, you don't really believe all that stuff in there, do you? Of course I do. It's the Bible, she said. And he replied, well, what about the guy who swallowed, was swallowed by the whale? Oh, Jonah. Yes, I believe it, she said. Well, how do you suppose he survived all that time in the whale? He asked. And she said, I don't really know. I guess when I get to heaven, I'll ask him, she said. Well, what if he isn't in heaven, the man said sarcastically. And she said, well, then you can ask him. <clears throat> Some of you, it might take a second to get that. <laughs> so in our scripture for today, we hear two fish stories, two similar call stories that receive two very different responses. In our gospel, Jesus calls his disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, to follow him, and the most surprising thing happens. It says immediately, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Now just think about that for a second. They left their families, their livelihoods, their occupations, their possessions. James and John left their father in the boat, and they immediately followed Jesus, no questions asked. They left everything and followed him. But then in our Old Testament lesson, God calls Jonah, and it says the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Jonah, get up and go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I will tell you. Now, remember what happened the first time God called Jonah to go to Nineveh. God called him, but Jonah did not want to go. You see, there was no love lost between the people of the city of Nineveh and the Israelites. Nineveh was the flourishing capital city of the Assyrian Empire, and so they were despised. The people of Nineveh were despised by the Israelites. And so when God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and to minister to the people there, Jonah said, absolutely not. And then he went, hopped a ship, and he went in exactly the opposite direction, as far and as fast as he could go. And you know the rest of the story. The ship encounters this terrible storm. The sailors have no choice but to throw Jonah overboard where he's swallowed by this big fish. And three days later, the sick fish deposits Jonah on the shore. And this is where today's first lesson picks up the story. God gives Jonah a second chance. Again, he calls Jonah to go to Nineveh and proclaim the word of the Lord. And of course, this time, Jonah goes. Two very similar call stories and two very different responses. The disciples followed Jesus immediately, but Jonah immediately runs in precisely the other direction. Now, I don't know about most of you, but the truth is I am more like Jonah. 
I prefer the familiar and the comfortable. I would rather not take a risk. I would much prefer to play it safe. And so when I sense God's call, that feeling that God may be nudging me to something different that makes me uncomfortable, I am more likely than not to avoid it, to say no. And I believe that each one of us have a Nineveh in our lives, that place where God wants us to go and we have said no, no. Our Nineveh might be a place or a situation. Maybe it's a job opportunity or volunteer opportunity where you can make a difference, but it will require, it will require a sacrifice, and so you're afraid to go. Or Nineveh might be a broken relationship with a friend or perhaps a family member, and it's crying out for reconciliation, but it's much easier to just hang on to the way things are, to hang on to the past. Or maybe you have a neighbor or a friend who is in need of befriending, and God is, is calling you to reach out, but it could take more time and compassion than you believe that you have. Or perhaps your Nineveh is an attitude of prejudice that you've held on to toward a particular group of people like Jonah's attitude toward the Ninevites. Or your Nineveh may be a political viewpoint that, quite frankly, may be hard to reconcile with Christ-like love. And God is crying out for you to examine your heart and reconcile that viewpoint with his grace and his love and his mercy for all people. Or perhaps your Nineveh might be a call to speak out against injustice or to stand up for what is right, even though you may face criticism. Those of you who have one know where your Nineveh is and what God is calling you to do about it. You don't need me to tell you. and God has already begun, begun to nag you to do something about it. I'm reminded of a little girl who had a, a large collection of dolls heaped in a big pile on her bed, and her great aunt who was visiting asked her, do you love dolls? And then with tender loving care, the little girl carefully spread out this whole collection of dolls on her bed and all around her room for her grandmother to inspect and admire. And then her aunt asked, well, which doll do you love the most? And she hesitated. But then she said, well, promise that you won't laugh if I tell you. Her aunt promised. And then the little girl picked up this ragged doll with a broken nose whose hair had mostly fallen out. Nothing wrong with that, though. <laughs> and, and had one arm and one leg missing, and her doll clothes were tattered and worn. This is the one, she replied, because if I didn't love this one, nobody else would. Friends, Jonah's story reminds us that we are people who are often called to go to people and places and situations and attitudes that we hold that we would rather not go to, especially to those who no one else will love. The reality is that as Christ followers, God's call is often to hard places, to difficult places like Nineveh, and we'd rather just run in the opposite direction like Jonah than deal with it. But God asks us to move outside of our comfort zone, to step out in faith and to take a risk and to go to Nineveh, to go to those hard places in our world and our lives. 
Now, we, we know how Jonah's story ends. We see it in our first lesson today. After he's given a second chance to answer God's call and he finally goes to Nineveh, we're told the people of the city repented and they turned from their ways. And Jonah's effort was blessed abundantly and the entire city, the entire city was saved. Which reminds me, it isn't always amazing how God can take us, each one of us, with all of our human frailties, our reluctance, our brokenness, even our doubts and our shortcomings, and he still can call us and use us and blesses our efforts. Now, Jonah didn't really have a particularly inviting, inviting or attractive message. I mean, think about it. He cried out to the people, 40 days more and Nineveh shall be destroyed. And yet, he is perhaps one of the most successful missionaries of all time, converting that entire city, that large city, with a single sentence. And yet, think about the message that we are given to share. A very different message. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Like Jesus' disciples, we have a very simple but powerful word. God loves you. In fact, God loves you dearly, so much that he gave his only son to die for you. We're called to go to our Ninevehs and to share the word of hope and healing and love through our words and through our actions. Without actions, words are cheap. We're called to share God's love with people that no one else will love. And it is such a compelling message that it needs to be shared with our world. I'm reminded of the story of a man named Fritz Kreitzler. If you're a strings musician, you probably know who he was. He was an Austrian-born American who was one of the most famous musicians at the turn of the 20th century in the early 1900s. Fritz Kreitzler was an incredible violinist and composer, and he earned a fortune, but he was also incredibly generous, and he gave most of it away. And so when he discovered an incredibly beautiful, exquisite violin during one of his trips, one of his tours, he didn't have money to buy it. Eventually, he raised enough money, saved enough money to pay the asking price. He returned to the seller, hoping to purchase this beautiful instrument, this exquisite violin. But to his great disappointment, it had been sold to a collector. Kreitzler made his way to the new owner's home, and he offered to buy the violin from the collector. And the collector said that the violin had become his most prized possession, and he would not part with it. He wouldn't even sell it. And Fritz Kreitzler was extremely disappointed. He was about to leave when he had an idea. And so he asked the owner, he said, do you think I could play the instrument once more before it's consigned to silence? And the collector gave him permission to play his prized violin. And the great virtuoso Fritz Kreitzler filled the room with such beautiful, heartwarming moving music that the collector's emotions were deeply stirred. And the owner of the violin exclaimed, I have no right to keep that to myself. 
Here, it's yours, Mr. Chrysler. Take it out into the world and let it be heard. Take it into the world and let it be heard. Our lesson today invites each one of us to listen to God's call to go to Nineveh, to go to the people and the places and the situations and the attitudes that we would just as soon avoid because our call is to share God's love and God's grace and God's mercy and God's kindness with all people. We have been given this incredible gift, this gospel of grace. It's like the music made by that exquisite violin. We have no right to keep it to ourselves. Take it out into the world and let it be heard. Amen.